What's up, Canes fans? It's officially game week here on canesinsight.com. And as always, we're bringing you our weekly podcast, talking the latest updates. Obviously, a lot of news with the TVD reported injury over the weekend, D-Money. But also later on in the week, always the most anticipated podcast of the year. Your hype, your preseason hype episode will be dropping later this week and the fans are always you know excited for that one you you get people's hopes up every year with good reason what do you have in store this year i'm telling the truth this year it's going to be a great year and uh we'll get the emotion out i got some tricks up my sleeve for next later this week right now we're going to go through kind of the take the emotion out just some of the things that we've seen and heard in practice update everybody the latest on van dyke a lot of uh, stuff out there um, from sources that, you know, are not the best. Um, so I wanted to give you guys the, the latest and, uh, you know, break it down. We had a ton of new signs, signups on canesinsight.com. I think people saw us going at Canesport uh, and decided to jump, jump aboard. So glad you're, you're on board with, with the most free, accurate info on, on the Internet when it comes to the Canes. So sign up if you have in canesinsight.com, the forums. Like and subscribe to this podcast get the gear, get ready for the opening uh, game and, and Texas A&M uh, with the canesinsight.myshopify.com. you get some uh, some of the new gear. Um, Canesinsight Instagram. Just, just I'll get all the plugs in because um, we're about to go in depth, but it's going to be a great season, a lot of action. We're going to be coming with all kinds of content, lives, post games, history reactions, recruiting stuff nonstop. So uh, you're joining us at the right time if you're signed up. And if you're a long time, we appreciate you. Last plug before we start too, the Titanic is going to be the official watch party spot for all the games this year. And again, I know a lot of people come into town for the home games, right? So we understand you'll be at the stadium, be there at Hard Rock for the game. But if you're at campus before, if you're grabbing your gear, right, check out the, the, the Titanic for, for lunch before you head up there. The deal will be valid earlier in the day as well. Um, and if you're not going to the game, if you're going to be there, just there in Coral Gables and, you know, want a place to watch the game, then that's going to be where we're at all season long. And tell, tell them about the deal that they're good. Yeah, so it's $20. You get a pint of beer and then one of the, the specials, one of their items, the food items, you know, there's like eight different options there. So the uh, the flyers up on the website, I'll, I'll put it up again on the, on the front page this week as well but it's up on the Twitter page, up on the Instagram page. So you can find it everywhere. You can see what the options are. But again, Titanic restaurant and brewery right there um, in Coral Gables across from Mark Light. Yeah, drinking and eating at the game, you'll be down about 100 bucks. So fill up before, uh, before you head out. That's a smart thing to do, get the deal. So anyways, with all that said, um, you know, I've been able to uh, attend a few practices since I've been back from my trip. Talked to numerous, numerous sources about practice over the course of the of camp. So I wanted to break it down position by position. Pete, we come up with questions and things he's heard. But I wanted to just get you guys up to speed on what to expect. Won't be giving away state secrets. You know, this is not Kane Sport. We're going to keep keep the team first. But I'll give you as much as I can give you without going into that territory. So starting with the quarterback spot, you mentioned it. TVD has been practicing, right? Obviously, it was reported that he had an injury um, 
what can you tell us there and how has he looked? So I, I understand he practiced in full today. It is uh, Monday, first team, threw the ball well. He's the quarterback. Case closed. 50-50 is 100-0 unless he gets hurt again. Um, he is the starting quarterback and practiced in full today. Mario said it. I've confirmed it. Um, he is under center right now. And they're not, it's not something that they'll try to just throw him in cold in the game. He's practicing as the starting quarterback, and uh, everybody expects him to play extremely well. He's had a great camp. The backup quarterback battle, I guess part of the report also was that if TVD wasn't able to go, then Jakari Brown would be the starting quarterback in, in that scenario. Is that how it's looking like it, it would go if it, it, the, the first guy up would be Jakari? I, I'll say this. It depends on the situation. And, you know, they're going to need to prepare for both of them because they're so different and they, they it'll depend on the situation. As far as running the offense that TVD runs, I would say Emery Williams has an advantage over Jakari Brown based on spring um, in terms of consistent accuracy, decision-making, Ability to, again, run this offense and spread the ball to the playmakers behind this large offensive line. I personally would give Emory Williams the edge, which I would not have done before camp. But I think Emory Williams has shown a great ability to do a lot of things that TVD does. We'll see how it looks in pads. TVD, you know, the way he can roll left and then throw across his body like he did against North Carolina a couple times. I mean, that kind of stuff. I don't know if Emory's got that in his bag, but we'll see. But as far as running the offense and distributing the ball and getting the ball out on time accurately, I think Emory has made a huge, huge, huge impression in camp. At the same time, we've seen Jakari. Jakari was third string to, to Jake and ended up being the starter. Um, you know, third string behind Jake and ended up being the starter. So there's different situations and different ways you could see Jakari being the guy with the ball. But if you ask me who's had the better camp and who um, whose stock is higher right now, I would say Emory Williams would be the name I'd keep an eye on at that position. Running back has obviously been a strength of the team throughout camp. Any new developments there? Anything new from a guy like Chris Johnson, who was dinged up a little bit? And I know that Coach Cristobal said he's been he's been practicing, and you mentioned him as well. He's back, looks fast, um, missed a lot of time. I would say the top three backs – even with Cheney showing some nice flashes, have been Parrish, Allen, and Fletcher probably in that order. Um, you know, Cheney, I think, has a chance to make an impression when he gets in the game. These running backs, it's, there's always so much you can judge when they're not going to the ground but for a couple scrimmages. So that's a position that could shuffle based on how people play when they're actually in the games. But the three I'd keep an eye on right you know, right now, and it's kind of the same thing we said coming into camp, Parrish, Allen, and Fletcher. And remember, these are versatile players. So without saying too much, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily it's going to be one, two, three, one of them in the backfield at one time. You could see them doing multiple things because of their versatility, where maybe you have to defend both of them in an unusual way, you know, that's going to be something to watch 
when you're watching the Hurricanes is how they utilize these running backs. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to see things that you might not have seen on Houston film as far as how these guys are deployed. So it'll be interesting to watch. And it's obviously a different personnel available to Shannon Dawson, and it's a strength of the team. You have, you mentioned the top three, and we understand that that Cheney's had a strong camp as well. So, and then you have the, the Chris Johnson, who I, I think I said it last episode, he's your fifth running back. That's a strong, strong room. So, wide receiver, I think there's a, a bunch of names there that could emerge but that's kind of been the story the last few years from that group who has separated themselves now and again this is we're going position by position here and it's it's wrapping up camp but it's also looking forward um and just it's not just who's the most talented at this point it's who the staff trusts right so we we get a better sense at this point of camp who they're trusting and and at that receiver position i have a, I have a feeling that that trust is going to is going to be a big factor in who gets a lot of the snaps. Yeah, same story all camp. Colba Young, Xavier Estrepo, dependable workers produce when they get the chance. TVD trust them. We've talked about their continued physical and, and uh, skill development. Jacoby George really emerged, had a consistent camp. He was basically wire to wire as the starter um, at that flanker position. Or sorry, excuse me. Yes, at that flanker position. Um with Kobe at split end. So, you know, that's been the receivers, and I, I don't expect that to change on game day. However, I think you're going to see a lot of guys play. Um, part of the – we talked about the fact that it's no secret the tight end room has been banged up, nothing serious, but they've been banged up. So you've seen a lot of four wide. We saw it in the open scrimmage. I don't think I'm saying anything out of turn. And I think that's going to allow a lot of receivers – to get opportunities. So if you're asking me who's next up behind those three, Ray Ray Joseph is going to have a major role. Brashard Smith will have a role with all the things he can do. Um, and then Tyler Harrell, who has been the, the, the dominant deep threat of camp. We, what he did in Louisville is what you could expect to see at Miami. You're not going to see a lot of, you know, he's not going to be the guy that separates quickly and is quarterback friendly in the short and intermediate that's not him. He'll drop a couple, but as far as stretching it or catching the ball and running, they're going to get the ball to Harrell in multiple ways, particularly in ways that allow him to make huge chunk plays. So I would say those are the receivers that have really separated themselves, those six. Um, a Shamar Kirk, I think is, he's shown flashes, but he's kind of like where Kobe Young was last year in camp where he got here late from junior college, and it's, it'll take him a while to get up to speed, but he, he could be a guy named that emerges later. Redding's been doing his thing. Um, one name I want to mention, Isaiah Horton, who's out most of camp, is now back. So he's someone that maybe not day one, but makes a couple plays and could emerge as a name down the road. They, uh, they love his talent. Again, he was banged up, so we didn't see a lot of him in camp, but he's he can do some things. And Robbie Washington's flashed. Um, not as consistent as Ray Ray Joseph right now. Ray Ray Joseph would be – I think just because of the overall coachability, coachability IQ, uh, you know, I just I think he has the edge as far as being one of those six that I expect definitely to play. But Washington is there um, and could be a factor as well. Is tight end a room that you are concerned about depth wise, just because there are some unproven guys and they are banged up? 
I think it's a position I'm excited to see over the course of the year because you'll see a guy like Arroyo, Riley Williams, you know, really kind of come on as they get healthier. But that's the thing about preparing for Miami. We're talking about how they've been four wide in some of the open practices and scrimmages because of depth. But you could just as easily see McCormick in their lead blocking and opening up these huge runs. Skinner, to me, is, is a specialist catch and run. He just hasn't had the consistency overall as an all-around tight end that you say you could play every every play and be reliable, but he will have a role, and he could easily you could easily see him running past Miami Ohio um, with those big strides. He will have his role in this offense, but I, I say every down, I, McCormick is going to be the more trustworthy player right now, and then ultimately Arroyo will take that spot. Offensive line, I don't think we can hype this unit up any more than we already have throughout the course of camp and even back to fall when most of these guys uh, made their way onto the roster. But is there anyone emerging there? Because obviously the interior depth has been a question and you're going to be relying with Zion Nelson, you know, not being a guy that you can count on right now. You're going to be relying on youth at the tackle spots behind the starters. And obviously one of the guys starting is, is a freshman. So yeah, Matt go at right tackle. Um, Ness Cooper, Matt Lee, JV on Cohen, Jalen Rivers, that that unit is going to be the same. Um, in terms of backups, I would say Okalola at left tackle, McCoy at right tackle. Guards, you're looking at Logan Sagapolo, who'll be the first one of, of the pure guards to play. Ryan Rodriguez, who I think is probably behind Sagapolo, but is having a, a you know pretty good bounce back camp after injury. And then Luke Cristobal back up center, although I think Jalen Rivers would do would take that role if Matt Lee was hurt for an extended period of time. Um, that would probably that's how I see the offensive line shaking out. Much improved unit overall. Yeah, and that first that first five can be as good as any as any in the country. I really I really believe that. So gonna be exciting to watch them hopefully stay healthy as as you know, hope the, the entire roster stays stays healthy. And it was a relatively healthy camp from what it seems like right um i guess the tight end room is is really the only the only one that you're you know going into week one not really knowing how much you're gonna be able to get from from at least uh riley williams and and elijah arroyo but flipping over to the defensive side of the ball now akeem mesador he's a guy who came back in recent weeks how has he looked in his return starting uh, put him, pencil him in as a starter. Ruben Bain behind him. They kind of play the same position, but Mesador is ready to roll. Nigel Lee Kelly on the other side. Jafari Harvey behind him. Then you have Dean and Taylor inside. That's been solid the whole the whole camp. Uh, I'd say the backup defensive tackles to watch. There's a lot of guys in that position, but I'd say the top two. You're probably looking at Moten and and, and Jared Harrison Hunt at that position. But there's depth there. Um, you know. Linebacker is interesting because I think you have Malagoa, Francisco Malagoa is going to be the starter. Then there's been a battle between Besaint and Cloud. I think Cloud or Cloyd, sorry, C-L-O-Y. Yeah, Cloyd. Uh, he had the edge early. I think Wesley Besaint has been making a run. You can see Wesley Besaint potentially starting there. But those two are pretty interchangeable. I'd say Corey Flagg back up to Malagoa. And 
then beyond that, you have freshmen. But I think those guys, and if you bring it, you know, we also have Keontra Smith who can play a lot of roles. He could potentially also, if you want to use a, a Sam linebacker who lines up over the slot, um, he, as a former safety, is somebody that can bring that that skill set to the table. And it's, I mean, a lot has been talked about James Williams playing an outside linebacker role, a safety role. Would he be a third linebacker in, in a scenario like that? Or would he be one of the two linebackers on the field? He could be. He could also come off the edge. He can do quite a few things. Um, the issue with James Williams, I think, is the depth at safety. So how much do you move him around? But I think you will see him moved around. He he will be you know passing downs, linebacker, but then also coming off the edge, and then also playing safety. He can do quite a few things. So, yes, but you also don't forget that Keontra Smith is a former safety. He can do some of that as well, which allows you to keep James Williams at safety. Um, you know, we know the safeties, James Williams and Camp Kitchens. Kitchens had a great, great camp. Um, backups, Markeith Williams, who's coming along. Kitchens is trying to take him under his wing and mentor him, take him to the next level from a maturity standpoint. He says the guy's just as good as him skill-wise. So it's a matter of coaching him up. And then uh, Jaden Harris, who I've talked about a bunch of this podcast, love his tackling, love his speed. Could he eventually be a James Lewis type? I don't know, but he has the body and speed and the kind of striking ability that reminds me a little bit of James Lewis, a little before your time, but it was a, a great starter on Miami's championship team. Took a while for James Williams to be the starter. I don't think he was, I think it was a fifth year player, uh, gray shirted, then had four years before he finally was the starter. So, Jaden Harris, I can see a slow burn there. That's a position that needs a little bit of depth, however. Um, and then at cornerback, you really have a group of starters. And when I say the group, I say Devontae Brown is the starting corner. You put him in with Penn. Beyond him, you have a group of guys, whether it's Daryl Porter, Jaden Davis, who can play outside and inside, Jadis Richard, who can play outside, also potentially safety, um, to Corey Couch, who can play outside and inside, and then Damari Brown, who's the true, true freshman who's been outstanding. There's a reason why Nick Saban tried to get him at Alabama. He is somebody that can bring a lot to the table. Very physical tackler. He can blitz. Uh, great attitude, confident. Um, carries himself like a starter. He's someone who will immediately go in the starting mix. Yeah, I think Cristobal mentioned the freshmen that are going to be playing a lot. Malagoa, um, Okanlola if there's injury. Bain. As a backup to Mesador, very similar role. Fletcher. Ray, Fletcher, Ray Ray Joseph, um, and then Damari Brown. I say those are the guys. Then also one name that Gidry mentioned, who we've talked about on the podcast as emerging, Jaden Wayne. You know, so talk about the third team ends, maybe Jaden Wayne, Chance Williams. That's a pretty good third team. Those guys are going to play real snaps. Um, they're not just going to be buried here. So expect to see some of Jaden Wayne as he continues to really emerge. Hard worker, big and fast. Long, but the skill set, the spin moves, the ability to get skinny, the lateral movement, the use of hands, all have taken a significant jump from spring. He will play a role as well on that defensive end rotation. Another guy that you mentioned, I don't know if it was last live show or podcast, Robert Stafford at cornerback. May not be an immediate player right now, but coming along late in camp and has all the physical tools to be a really special one at corner. Yeah, I think the future more with him, the skinniness and the fact that he 
was really a offensive player in high school. Whereas Damari Brown is big and kind of been trained as a corner at, at, at a program like Heritage. That gives Damari the immediate edge, but everybody loves the upside with Stafford. He's really played well. But I would say as far as cornerback, it's going to be a mix of that group I just mentioned. The question is going to be where do they all fall? And I think some of that's going to be decided about how they play, um, matchups, injuries, you, you know, things like that. But I think the versatility of those guys is going to come into play where you can play them inside, you can play them outside, and just rotate rotate them as needed beyond Devontae Brown, who to me is the number one corner. So wrapping this thing up, TVD looks like he is going to be good to go this week. As we said at the beginning of the show, practiced fully today. And later this week, D-Money will be dropping his much-anticipated preseason hype podcast. He always pulls out the stunts for that one. So I, I can't wait to see what he's got in store this year. Nothing but the truth. You know, no lies will be told. Uh, we'll keep it honest and and rational throughout. So, But I'm excited, man. I mean, overall thoughts on the camp. Knock on wood, been a pretty healthy camp. Obviously, there was a scare with the TVD situation. I think that was overblown, and we're going to be in good shape there. Again, but knock on wood with health. It's been good, and you hope to see that continue to the season. Development of the offensive line. We've talked about ad nauseum, the, the, the strength of linebackers and length of that position improving. Um, spotlight going into the season, if you're asking me, you know, for just kind of keys beyond who's going to play I'd say the ability to run the ball on offense, you were built to run. You need now to, to show it because it didn't happen last year. Can you run the ball like Mario's Oregon teams? I think they can. You know, Travis Dye, who ran for 1,200 yards at Oregon, this guy, when he went to the to the pro day, I think he was running 4'8", 5'11", barely 200 pounds. A lot more physical talent in this running back room. The offensive line is similarly talented, maybe even more talented with some of the size and NFL players he got there. Rivers. Mentioned by Jim Nagy, the senior bowls, an NFL prospect. Uh, Cohen and Lee, who you've talked about their NFL grades. Then you had Cooper, Malgoa, and some of the backups, McCoy, Akalola. This is a extremely talented unit on the offensive line. They need to be able to run the ball like they did at Oregon. That's kind of if my if Miami can run the ball like Crystal Ball Mirabal did at Oregon, this will be a much, much improved team. And I think they have the tools to do it. On the defensive side, defensive back. Can you stay healthy at safety? Can these veteran corners really break out and not just be experienced guys, but be experienced impact guys who really play well? You had two NFL corners last year. Tyreek Stevenson is going to start for the Bears. Our boy DJ Ivy, who looks very likely to make the Bengals. You couldn't stop the big play last year. Can that be show, uh, shored up by the coaching staff and by these veteran corners, the Jaden Davis's to Corey Couch's, Devontae Brown's, guys that have played a lot of football, um, Daryl Porter, you know, those guys need to play well and had really their best seasons because they've played a lot. They have not had, they're not coming off, you know, tremendous seasons. They have a lot to prove, all of those guys. They had moments, but they have a lot to prove coming off last season. Can those guys step up and give Miami what should be an above average group when you look at it all together? And the group hopefully doesn't underachieve like we saw last year. Well, Canes fans, we appreciate the support as always. Like and subscribe. Oh, and I have one last actually very special announcement to make. Not, it's not a special announcement, but tune into the live show on Thursday 
we will be giving away four tickets to the game, to the game against Miami of Ohio on Friday. We'll be giving four tickets away, club-level tickets, club-level seats, actually. You have to be on the live show this Thursday, tuned in. Again, I will tweet it out and post on the website, as I always do on Thursday night at 8 o'clock. But we will select a winner for four club-level tickets to the game against Miami Ohio. You must be tuned in live to the stream. And then, again, D-Money is going to bring his uh, his preseason hype pod uh, later this week as well. Fired up. Happy to get to it. It's going to be, you know, between the post-game reactions, all the stuff we're doing this year, it's going to be fun for the site. But really, it's going to start on the field. And I think you're going to see a team that looks a lot more like we're used to with Mario Cristobal for those of us who watched him at Oregon. A team that can physically impose themselves, a team with a lot of blue-chip talent, and a team, a team that wins games at a high mark. And Cristobal is one of the winningest P Power 5 coaches before he came to Miami as far as a percentage based on what he did at Oregon. He was up there with the big guys. Took a hit last year here. Can he get back to that? Doesn't have to be a championship right away, but the ability to win games, grind games out, where you just overwhelm less talented teams, which Miami's going to face less talented teams in the ACC. Tough schedule, but there are a lot of teams on the schedule that Miami is more talented than, particularly uh, in conference. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out, but uh, optimistic for improvement. All right, Canes fans, talk to you guys later this week. Go Canes.